Chris Miles was able to retire twice by the time he was 39 years old. But he's not content to just enjoy his own financial freedom and peace of mind. Chris wants you to have your own ripple effect so you can live free today. He's not the financial advisor you expected. He's the anti-financial advisor you deserve. He's jumping behind the mic right now, ready to make waves. Here's Chris Miles. Hello, my fellow Ripplers. This is Chris Miles, your cash flow expert and anti-financial advisor. Guys, welcome to our show that's for you and it's about you. Those of you that work so hard for your money and you're ready for your money, start working harder for you now. You want that freedom, that cash flow. You want that prosperity today, not 30 or 40 million years from now. You want it now so you can live that life that you love, doing what you love with those that you love. But most importantly, guys, it's about living a life of purpose and meaning because as you are blessed financially, you can become a bigger impact in the world by blessing more lives. And guys, I appreciate you allowing me to do that for you. Appreciate you guys binging and sharing and just being a part of this movement because you guys are seriously the coolest listeners ever. Even though I know Steve that we're introducing later might disagree to some level because he's got his own followers too. But anyways, guys, I appreciate you tuning in. Be sure to check out our website, moneyripples.com and our YouTube channel, the Money Ripples with Chris Miles page. Hey, are you looking for another great podcast to listen to? One about investing and, and not only just investing, but learning about cool deals like investing in apartments that does not require you to have to be an accredited investor or have a million dollars. Hey, if you want to check that out, go check out my friend Lane Kawaoka's site, simplepassivecashflow.com. He's got a great podcast also called Simple Passive Cashflow that you can check out on YouTube, iTunes, or whatever your favorite podcast app is. If you want some great education and to learn about great ways to invest in other types of deals without, again, needing a ton of money, check it out, simplepassivecashflow.com or look up Simple Passive Cashflow on YouTube or your podcast app. Check it out. All right, guys. As I just said, we got a special guest here. We got Steve Rosenberg. Now, some of you guys might already be following him with his other things. He's a top Bigger Pockets contributor. He actually started as an airline pilot up until about 9-11. And when that kind of you know, got crazy, he decided to go the real estate path. And so the last 20 years, he's been down that path. He even created the fastest growing management company in the state of Texas, managing over a thousand properties over three cities. He's also built a business. He was able to sell that for like seven figures, multiple seven figures. Along with that, he's flipped properties. He's owned and wholesaled hundreds of homes and apartments across the US. Now he's focusing a lot more, not just on the real estate property management side, but now going to become one of the biggest influencers in the real estate space today. So Steve, welcome to our show. Thanks, Chris. I appreciate it. The only thing that I will say is that I still am an airline pilot. So, oh, awesome. While Private? I, yeah, fly a 787 for a, a major airline, international flights. And so the whole time that I was doing all the real estate, building the business, yeah, I still had a career. I was still working as a career airline pilot. I don't think I'll ever give it up because it's, it's probably something that I love doing. Yeah. But so when people tell me they can't do it, I kind of sit there and I just kind of think to myself, you can't or you won't because it's a decision. Right. So that silly caveat I'll say is I still do fly to this day and uh, I love what I do, but I also know it's a job and I know that it, I can be removed at any moment. The company can yeah. downsize, get foreclosed, shut their doors, whatever. And I think the difference between now and 20 years ago, people ask me, what's the difference? Now we have COVID and everything. Mm -hmm. And I just say it's action. I took 20 years of focused and intentional action so that I would not allow myself to be in this same position that I was 20 years ago when 9-11 happens. I'm in yeah. same situation, airline pilot, a lot of drama going on. 
That's different sure. mindset, different action has been taking place. Yeah. I've got several clients that also follow the show too, that are airline pilots and same thing, you know, COVID hit. They're like, wow, it's kind of cool. Cause I'm chilling out a little bit, but yeah. it's scary too, because if you're not prepared, if you don't have all that passive income coming in, you're right back to scrambling, trying to figure out how to create income. And so it's a big deal. Yeah. I could tell you people that maybe not airline pilots, but maybe the people that are watching and listening as an airline pilot, when everything happened in 9-11, just like what's happening now, Mm-hmm. They don't teach you to do anything else except fly an airplane <laughs> in airline school. So yeah. when all of a sudden you're faced on the street with 50,000 other people that can do the same task that you can do, yeah. you really don't have many options. And to me, what I realized was I have to take ownership and accountability for what happened, not because of 9-11, but because mm-hmm. I allowed myself to be lazy yeah. and I allowed myself to assume that the illusion of a safe, secure job would take me and carry me forward like it did my parents. And, and that, yeah. unfortunately, it caught me in a bad situation that I realized my job was not safe. It was not secure. And, and it truly was an illusion that never existed. I just mm. hoped it would, I think, is the reality. Yeah, it's true. It, nobody's safe, especially with what's going on today. I mean, that that's why this whole show is about people creating passive income. So they work because they want to, not because they have to. And of course, if because we never know, the world can go crazy and those income streams get cut off today and you've got to have that coming. Well, and you know, I think a lot of it, and I talk to people about this, just like 9-11, just like COVID, it could have nothing to do with you and your business model. That's right. You know, 9-11 happened. I thought to myself, I didn't cause this. I had nothing to do with this. But yet now my family, everyone is in jeopardy because I got lazy, because I tried to believe that the easy path was there. And the reality is, is no one is going to care more for you about you than you. And that's just the hard fact. So like you said, it's, it's when focused intention meets action is when things start to happen. And sometimes we like to, we deserve this and we want to rest on Mm -hmm. our laurels and this and that. That's, I've learned, that's just the story we tell ourselves. That's not reality. And, And it was a very alarming wake up call to me that it's kind of like when you touch that hot stove, I've realized that I don't want to go back to that those sleepless nights and those things of saying, what am I going to do? And that's, that's what got me and keeps me drived every day. So what got you started? Like, what did you start doing right after you had that big wake up call? Yeah, good question. So I went and started learning about what do other people do? So I got hired in the airlines at 25 years old. I got my furlough notice about three and a half years later. So I was almost 29 and I didn't know anything else because all I ever wanted to do was fly airplanes. So once all of a sudden I started learning, what do people do? I realized that 90% of real estate has the most wealthy people in the world. So I thought, well, okay, I'll give that a shot. So I started reading a book a week as much as I could. I took classes. I took courses. I joined masterminds. I got mentored. I learned how to flip, wholesale, double close, apartments, all that. (laughs) And I still failed. (laughs) I got kicked in the face. I got ripped off. And I thought to myself, you've got to be kidding me. Like this, Mm -hmm. this is not how this is supposed to be playing out. But to me, I had no other option. I had to get back up every time my back was against the wall. And I thought to myself, I have to figure a way to make this work. I, I see people making this work. So I know it can work. 
And I just cannot let that negative thoughts get in my head. So I just yeah. kept getting up every time and I would get ripped off and I would make a mistake. And I would just say, you know what? I'm, I'm just going to get back up because mm -hmm. that's all I could do. That was the only options I had. And so eventually, like anything, you start learning to dodge that hit and maybe not take that person. And I just started getting some traction. I started buying some real estate. I learned how to flip and wholesale. For me, one of the best skill sets I learned was how to be a communicator. So mm -hmm. I took a lot of classes on communicating, on speaking and mindset. And mm -hmm. I learned that communicators are the wealthiest people on the planet because right. they understand. And even in real estate, you know, as well as I do, that's mm -hmm. just a communication of basically getting what you want. It's just yeah. where you're selling something else. It's, it's not four walls and a roof. That mm -hmm. is irrelevant. It's the business model and how you sell that to people with the vision, the concept and the idea. So I learned how to be the best communicator that I could as far as what I was learning. And that is really what carried me through everything that I've done on to what I do today, actually. Yeah. So what, what were the things that you learned, like the key lessons you feel that, you know, somebody, if they were looking at getting going, or maybe they are just getting going, right? What were some of those key lessons you say, I wish I would have done this from day one? Yeah, I would say the biggest mistake that I made is I never had an end goal. I was under mm -hmm. the mindset that if I worked hard, that it would come to fruition. Uh -huh. And that is not true. I mean, if if people that worked hardest were the wealthiest, then construction people and day laborers <laughs> would be the wealthiest people on the planet. That's right. But we know they're not. So we know that's a lie that we tell ourselves. So I never had any clear direction with where I was going. I thought, if I was buying real estate that was under market value and was cash flowing, it was a good deal. The yeah. reality was, is it was a good deal, just not a good deal for me based right. on the model that I was trying to place around it. So if somebody would have asked me, Steve, why are you buying these crappy low income properties? Mm -hmm. I would have said, I want them for value when I retire because I didn't need the cash flow now. I didn't need yeah. that. I just wanted the safety and security that it would give me down the road. And somebody would have said, well, that is not going to get you what you want. Mm -hmm. Right. And I just never, I didn't even understand that. And it's kind of like, I explain it to people. Like if I was going to Disneyland and I was driving from LAX airport and I got off the freeway and I got lost and I asked someone for directions, the first thing they would ask me is, where are you going? That's right. Well, if I tell them, I don't know, they're going to say, well, then I can't really help you in real estate. That's what I was doing. And that's what many people do. I we agree. get on the road, we buy deals, we, we do all these things, but we never actually ask, is this deal actually going to get me closer to my goal? Or is it mm -hmm. actually taking me further away from my goal? And it's that, not just making money. It's not just making money. Look, mm -hmm. you know, you and I both know having, having more zeros in your bank account does not make you happy. We That's know right. many people that are very, very wealthy that are miserable and I would never <laughs> trade my life for them. Yep. So the amount of money in your bank account, that means nothing. And I've been mentored since day one by coaches and, and people along the way. And one time, one of my mentors, very wealthy, influential gentleman, he said to me, he said, you know, Steve, eventually you will stop buying things and you will start buying memories. Yes. And, he, and I didn't understood what he meant at the time. And he said, when you want to have dinner on the coast of Greece, watching the mm -hmm. sun setting, that's a memory you're buying. That's right. And he said, you can only have so many cars. You can have so many mm -hmm. nice houses. But he said, the memories are what you want to buy. It's creating that experience. It's yeah. creating the experience. And so yeah. I still struggle with that. And I, I struggle, to be honest, with creating those memories and the experiences. But I'm learning that, and I've learned a long time ago, that 
money is irrelevant. I mean, it mm-hmm. really is. It's just something that gives us our self-worth and our ego and our pride <laughs> to think that we have that. And, and I know you live yeah. the abundance life and you live the life of, hey, I want to help people. And yeah. that's kind of what I want to do. I want to show people that it's not about the money. It never is about the money. It's just what we tell ourselves. Mm-hmm. That's so true. And I know that's a big topic we were kind of wanting to focus on today because that's what I think is missing. We get very strategic in what we want to do is like, all right, how do we do this? A, B, C, D, E, F, G, right? Yeah. But the truth is that if you don't even have really that the A to Z path figured out, right? You don't have to have B through Y. You just have to know where's that end point and A, where am I starting from? And really, like you said, make sure that things align with it and not just aligning with the money goal, but also with your own personal goals, right? Yeah. You know, and I'll give you an example. And, and I, I think I know where you're going with this, but like I say this to entrepreneurs and I say this very respectfully, but mm-hmm. we are the stingiest, most selfish people <laughs> on the planet sometimes. And the reason uh-huh. I say that is we learn all this information. We read books, we go to seminars, we take courses, we do all of this to help our family, but yet we never go home and actually share it with the people that we're trying to do it for. We don't teach our children generational wealth. We don't teach them how to do these things. We don't even include our spouse in what we're doing. We Mm -hmm. just kind of say, hey, let me take care of this. (laughs) And they don't, they're going, oh, he went to a seminar again this week. And I guess we're flipping a house or we're wrapping something Uh or they don't even know, you know, we're shorting a stock. So Mm -hmm. we don't even share it with the people that we love. And so I, I say that sometimes we need to slow down and actually say, okay, why are we doing this? And, and I think I've shared with you, my son at 14 years old bought his first rental property. Yeah. And what he did was, is people ask me the how question. Well, how did he get a loan? How did he pull comps? How did he sign the documents? And my answer is, is you're asking the wrong question. Yep. You should be asking me, why did a 14 year old say, I want to create generational wealth. How do I create my own stream of passive income? Mm-hmm. How, why did he learn that? And why did he come? That is the question of creating generational wealth. I can just give him a house, yeah. but for him to actually come to me and say that. And so that, and honestly was a big aha moment for me in my life because I realized, okay, this is bigger. What I'm trying to do is much bigger than me and my wife and my, you know, this goes, if we do this correctly, I can teach them this generational wealth of, you know, it doesn't have to stop at just us. And so- yeah my kind of plan of what I'm doing now is I'm really trying to help people understand what is their why owning four walls and a roof. That's easy. I can show anybody how to buy you. You throw enough offers out there. You're going to get a deal, but is it, is it the right deal? You're driving down the street and you see a one bedroom condo on one side that is giving you 500 bucks a month cash flow. And you see a $500, five bedroom house on the other side, that's negative $300. How do you know which one's the right deal for you? Right. And, and how do you get your family involved in it? Well, depending mm-hmm. on your goals, depending on your strategy, depending on the outcome that you want to have happen would decide whether or not one deal is good and one deal is bad. They're both good yep. and they're both bad at the same time. And so that's what I'm really trying to help people with now is understand what specifically helps them get to their Disneyland in life, basically. Oh, I love it. So what do you feel is that that real like first step for them? Like, what do you think is like something that they could do this, this really actionable they could take from this interview and say, I can start here. Yeah. A very great question. The, the first thing that it's so simple and this is you take a white piece of paper, you pull it out, <laughs> you sit down with your family and say, 
what does our life look like as a result of owning this real estate or this stock or whatever we're doing? What is the outcome? Because whether it's a stock, whether it's real estate, whether it's flipping, wholesaling, buy and hold, those are all freeways mm-hmm. and strategies to achieve some desired outcome. Mm-hmm. We get so caught up in what it is we're doing, we never actually see what freeway we're on and is it getting us to where we're going? So That's the right. first thing is, is figure out your Disneyland. Put yeah. it, you have to have a date. So it's got to have an end time on it. Mm-hmm. And you've got to be able to keep score. So keeping score is probably a monetary number for most people. And just start doing a brain dump of yeah. what do you want? Because it's, again, like you said, it's not money. It may be, mm-hmm. we want to travel wherever we want to go. We want to have money to do this. We want to be able to do this. And so you can quantify it once you do that brain dump, but don't do it yourself. You may think like, okay, yeah. this is what we're doing. And your wife says, I don't want that life. That's not That's what I right. ever wanted. And all of a sudden you're like, I've been doing this for 10 years. You never told me. And she's going to go, you never asked. Mm -hmm. And your kids never see you because you're so freaking busy doing something that you thought was important to all of us. And none of us even care about it. And so my going back to what you asked, it can be very simple. Simple is writing it on a piece of paper, but including the family, having a board of directors meeting with your family once a month, going over Mm. what are your accounts? What are your payments? Where are you on? Are you on track or off track for the goals? Having that board of directors where it's an upper level conversation is so valuable, but we never do it. We're so busy being operators. We Mm -hmm. don't think about being the CEO of our own business. Or our own families. Our own families. Absolutely. Yeah. And it doesn't mean being a dictator, right? Just like, hey, this is the path we're on. Let's just go. I'll handle it. It's like the Jerry Seinfeld joke where he's the guys that drive with the big mattresses on top of the car. (laughs) They get their arm on top. It's like, I got this, right? (laughs) Yeah. And you know, like any business, you have to have a president, a vice president. Mm -hmm. There's a hierarchy. There's an org chart. Well, if you're owning real estate, let's say real estate is a business. So Mm -hmm. if it has income, has expenses, has laws, regulations, that is a business. So Are you treating it like a business? Is there an organization chart? Is there an end result of the business? Is there a mission, a vision? Most people say, no, it doesn't have any of that. Then I would say, Mm -hmm. well, the odds of that business succeeding are slim to none because you're not even treating it like a business. So why would you expect it? That's why one out of three investors is in some form of lawsuit or litigation every year because Mm -hmm. they don't realize that they are running a true business. That's awesome. I totally agree. It's amazing how what you said has such truth. And I hope everybody grasps onto this because I'll tell you, when I get my consulting clients, we're trying to map out a game plan. One of the questions I ask is if money were no issue, what would you spend your time doing? Yeah. And what's amazing is a lot of times they'll come up with a number first, but then when you start to realize like, why that number? Well, that's what it's going to take for me to get all this. Are you sure about that? Because what you're picturing in your mind, it may not be that hard. It might actually yeah. be a lot easier to accomplish and might be a completely different path because Like when you get people, it's like, wait, you want to retire at 50, but you're pumping your money in a 401k or an IRA. Why would you do that? You can't get to it for another 10 years. That's dumb. That doesn't match up to what you're trying to accomplish. It's got to match with your goals and that vision that you're trying to create. And I'll tell you the same when I get clients or people in my mastermind or something, I'll ask them, what do you want? Like, what is it you want? And they will spend the next five minutes telling me everything they don't they want. Don't want. I don't, yep. I don't want a job. I don't want to be told what to do. So I'll let yep. them go for a while and I'll say, okay, let's try this again. My question was, is what do you want? And they'll, yeah. you know, they'll sit there and they'll say, you know what? I don't know. I've been running away from what I don't want uh-huh. so long. I've never actually thought what I should be running to. And I'm like, that's right. Then you're getting exactly what you want. 
Like you, <laughs> you are the prime product of the work that you're putting in. You're running away from fear. You're not running towards winning or success. And so yeah. that is, that's how you're running your life. And so, yeah, yeah. It's, it's a tough, you know, we're not taught to think this way. So I don't blame anybody because none of us, we're all taught that we have to work hard. We have to think a certain way. That's what school does. And so mm-hmm. what you and I know, what we've learned, this is extracurricular, right? They don't teach yeah. this in school, as you know. Yeah. And so we've had to learn this. And this isn't just something that's very easy to obtain or to figure out. It's putting a mm-hmm. bunch of pieces of Legos together to something that's tangible to go, okay, this seems like it makes sense. And so yeah. I, for me, that's just the formula that's made sense for me and other people that I help and work with. And it, it just seems to give people another dynamic, another angle of looking at the same situation, but just maybe from another view and saying, you know what, what if he's right? What what if I'm doing it wrong? And that's what Mm -hmm. I tell people. Like, that's the one question you leave here. You ask yourself, what if there is another way to look at business that is not the way that you've been doing it? And that's to me is the main question. I love it, man. Yeah. There's so many truth bombs here that, oh, I, I love it because again, when you get so strategic, sometimes it's good to step back. And like you said, doing this actually it might feel like you're slowing down, but in truth, you hit your objective faster. Where most people are running crazy. They, re- they remind me of when I would live in Japan and I mm-hmm. play pickup basketball games with Japanese people. Yeah. And they'd run around circles around you while you're driving to the basket. You're like, what are you doing? And like, <laughs> I'll just drive up and, you know, and, and do it. And, and you, you didn't have to be, I mean, I suck at basketball. Like it didn't matter. I felt like an NBA star because they were running in circles but not really accomplishing anything. And, and that's what people are doing in life right now. Absolutely. And, and it's such a challenge when you see people and they're, they're living, number one, they're living reactive lives. They're constantly reacting to fires where you see other people that are as super successful, not same 24 hours in a day. They don't get any more yep. or any less, but they're much more proactive in their lives. Yes. And they, the one thing I've learned when I've met very successful people, I ask them, what is it? And they go, I say, no way more times than I say yes to things. And I'm like, interesting. They're like, I deselect my life. It's not saying yes. I say no. And I deselect people and things out of my life that I don't think are the best use of my time, money, or skill. Not saying I don't do it. I may leverage it, outsource it, offload it, but I doesn't mean I do it. Mm-hmm. And I thought that's interesting. So he's like, you know, it's one of those, you can control a lot of things. It doesn't mean that you have to be the one being busy. And so I, I've right. learned that skill set to understand the power of leverage. And, you know, real estate is a form of leverage, right? I mean, it's you're trying to multiply your money quicker than just watching it and hoping that inflation does, essentially. Yeah. So other types of assets, classes are a form of leverage. And it's just mm-hmm. a matter of leveraging your life now, understanding yeah. how to leverage your life. And eight, every day you get 86,400 seconds every single day. It's a use it or lose it. The next day mm-hmm. you don't get to add any of those on from yesterday. You don't get to borrow from tomorrow. You get 86,400 seconds. What you do with them is what will determine your success on a daily basis, in my opinion. Amen, Steve. Amen. Hey, so I appreciate your time today, man. If people want to follow you or get to know your stuff better, what would they do? Where would they go? Sure. Uh, They can go to my website. First of all, it's steverosenberg.com. So it's R-O-Z-E-N-B-E-R-G, steverosenberg.com. Uh, you can also follow me on Instagram. It's Rosenberg Steve. So it's my last name first, Rosenberg Steve or Facebook, Steve Rosenberg. You can Google me. I'm on Bigger Pockets. I'm on a bunch of platforms. I'm getting to speak next week. I'll be in Miami uh, speaking with Ed Milet and Randy Couture mm. and Brad Lee. So I mean, I'm getting on stages, speaking with some people. So I, I think I bring a lot of value in the, in the niche that I am. So if you follow me, you'll get a lot of thought provoking content that 
like you said, makes you just sit back and go, huh, what if, what if he's right? And just another way to look at things. That's all. Love it, man. Awesome. We'll be able to put that in the show notes there for you. And again, like if there's anything you guys should be focused on, it should be at this step right now. If you haven't done this, this has to be done before you just become a chicken with your head cut off. So yeah. take action on this stuff. Take this, that one thing, really understand where it is you're going and why. So guys, really appreciate you being on today. Steve, appreciate you being here as well. Thank you, man. Appreciate it, Chris. Good talking to you, bud. Same here. Everybody else, make it a wonderful and prosperous week. We'll see you later. Visit us online at moneyripples.com for more resources to help you fix money leaks and get your money working harder for you now. Now.